Welcome back to It's Haunted, What Now? I'm your host, Lainey. We're well and truly into the Halloween season now, and coming back to this podcast feels like coming home. It's always such a good feeling to come back to this podcast, particularly at this most opportune time of the year. We're moving into colder weather, and it's time to just let your spooky flag fly. Drink that hot tea, curl up in front of a stormy window at midnight, and really soak up everything that this best time of year has to offer. Remember, we're always accepting stories to be featured on the podcast. If this Halloween season is reminding you of any paranormal experiences you've had or that you know of, feel free to hop over to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your stories. You never know, you might be featured in a podcast episode. Okay, just kidding. You definitely will be featured in a podcast episode. Okay, ready to get spooked? Our first story today comes from Purple Doja, who tells us about something peeking over the side of their bed. To start this off, I'd like to say I don't live in a creepy house. It's old, but in a charming sort of way. It doesn't feel negative when you walk in. It feels like home. Always just home. You can imagine my absolute shock then, when I was laying in bed this morning, watching something that was watching me back. The room I share with my husband is decently sized, and from where the bed is placed when laying in it, you can see one of the two windows in the room. It was four in the morning, and as it's summer, at that time it's already light enough to see the outlines of shapes. A quick disclaimer before I continue. We have no animals. I lay in bed waiting for my husband to come back to sleep after he'd gotten up, when I blinked and suddenly saw movement in the dark. There was a dark mass in the shape of a head, moving over top the covers just close enough that I could make out its face. I froze, thinking it was my husband. Sometimes he'll sit up when he can't sleep and play video games. I thought maybe he'd just come back and I hadn't heard the door open. Why are you sitting on the floor? I asked him. For a few seconds, my heart pounded. There was no answer. Then, a click. The doorknob turned and my husband walked in the door. Immediately, the face stuck down off the side of the bed and disappeared. Terrified, I screamed and had my husband do a thorough search. He came up empty-handed. I still can't explain it, but I'm now too scared to go into my bedroom alone. I remember that someone had once told me that I'd had an aunt who'd passed away who was looking out for me. But after what I witnessed, suddenly I don't feel safe at all. it's a pretty common thing when we're kids to be afraid to reach over the side of the bed, you know, just in case something is reaching back. It's horrifying to think that the same risk can happen when we're adults. Maybe your husband should start staying put at night. Our next story is from Jen's Game, bringing us a tale of an innocent stuffed animal that turns out to be something much, much more sinister.
When I was 12, my mom gave me a stuffed bunny for my birthday. One day, my mom told me to clean my room. I noticed that the bunny was stuffed inside my closet. I decided to put it on my dressing table. Later that night, as I was going to sleep, I remember glancing at that bunny sitting on top of the dressing table. Next thing I knew, I was waking up at nearly 3 in the morning, and I noticed that the bunny was laying in the bed beside me. Immediately, I freaked out. I threw the bunny to the floor. Eventually, I calmed down, got up, and put it back where I'd left it before, on the dressing table. The next morning when I woke up, the bunny was gone. It wasn't on the dressing table or laying in the bed beside me. I searched my room and found the bunny inside the closet. I left it there, too scared to even touch it. I went downstairs to find my mom making breakfast. I told her about the situation with the bunny, and her voice was deadly cold when she replied, Leave the bunny in the closet. Don't touch it no matter what. I was alarmed, but I agreed. Fast forward two years, I was cleaning my closet again and found the bunny. As soon as I touched it, I felt a spark of electricity and dropped it immediately. It fell back into the closet. After that, my mom gave the bunny to my aunt, who accepted it without question. The last time I went to her house, it was sitting on her bed. I wonder if that's where she had left it. So you wrote in last time, and you were featured in the previous episode about the whole haunted doll situation. And I think my horror of dolls is well documented at this point, and this story flirts with that line. I don't like it. Stuffed animals are just one step away, and that makes this just as spooky, if not more so. Maybe you should think about warning your aunt about what she might have brought into her house, and definitely stay away from dolls and stuffed animals. Our next story comes from Recounting the Unknown, who tells a story about one night at work when a door didn't seem to want to obey the laws of physics. The building I work at is a care home. It's an old building built somewhere around the 1920s and was a hospital until it was converted to a care home in the 90s. It's a nice building, split into five areas featuring different specializations for different needs. Decent place, pretty out of the way, lots of pretty greenery and trees around it. I work in the kitchens and I do a lot of the cleaning, standard stuff, and I've been there about a year. I've always thought that I could see someone in one area of the kitchen near the dry storage closet. I've always been sure that it's just me. One night I was locking up just as it was starting to get dark outside. I was alone, but it's a regular duty of mine, so it was no big deal. Part of my routine is closing all the doors and locking them before I go. The dry storage door is designed to close easily in the event of a fire. It will automatically swing closed and keeping it open for any length of time has always been a problem. I nudged the latch with my left foot and headed over to the other side of the kitchen to pack everything up. When I realized I hadn't heard the door fall shut, I turned around and the light had been turned off, so it was pitch black with the heavy door halfway open. As I went over to close it, I got a bad feeling. It wasn't quite dread, but my whole body was yelling, 
run. I tried to close the door, but it wouldn't budge. Uncomfortable, I left and went back to the lock room to get my stuff. And then I heard the dry room storage door open again. When I went back to the door again, it was open a few more inches. I went to pull it closed, and I swear it felt like something on the other side was pulling back. One swift, jerking motion to keep me from closing the door. It had actually physically pulled me forward, so I yanked hard on the door, slammed it closed, locked it, and bolted out of there. As I went to leave, I said out loud that I didn't want anyone to come with me. I like guests, I said, but I'm not inviting anyone home. And that weird feeling I had went away. I know it sounds like the door jammed, but looking back on it, I can't just deny that feeling. I have no clue what's going on here. I just want whatever it is to leave me alone. Okay, let me get this right. A door in an empty building that fights back when I try to close it? Hmm, no thank you. I'd be halfway out of that front door before the door was even remotely open. So you're brave for even going back in the first place. I don't want to think about what could be waiting for me in that room or even waiting for you in that room. So I'm glad you still don't get that feeling. Our next story is from a foul waterfowl who tells us of haunted woods near their home. Growing up in the northwest of England, I've lived near a wooded park. It was a memorial park for soldiers in the World Wars, and at the time, I thought nothing strange of it. One day, I'd been walking along with a friend of mine, heading home from school. There was a small area of the park not open to the public, but there was a collapsed area of fencing, and being teenagers, we completely disregarded it and walked past. The wood was boggy, but we knew the path quite well. Further down the path, we heard voices, so we headed towards where we knew there was a nearby field. We jumped the fence and ran, but when we looked back, there were two people peering over the fence at us. They wore equestrian outfits, complete with black blazers, white shirts, and riding helmets. It made no sense. There were no well-walked paths nearby and no houses or farms anywhere around. The woods weren't the same after that. Later that month, I was walking my dog through the same field that backed into the woods. This time, there was a man in a red coat with his massive dog. They stood and watched me before slowly heading towards me. It creeped me out so much that I ran without looking back. The third time I experienced something, I was once again walking my dog. This time, I spotted a woman in a red coat with that exact same dog just standing there, watching me perfectly still in the memorial park. I went straight home. The final incident I'd been telling my friend about what had happened. He was intrigued and said we should go back. We took the same path, past the fence, but this time the path was different. I didn't recognize it, even though it was the same path I'd taken home from school so many times before. My friend told me he could hear something, and suddenly, I could too. The leaves were rustling like someone was following us. I started to leave, already freaked out, but my friend turned back, only to see a figure in a black cloak staring between the trees at us. The look of panic on my friend's face was something 
I'll never forget. I didn't enter the woods again for the rest of the year. I started to dream of dogs with strange eyes, ones that would sit and watch me. I once tried to ask my Nana about the woods, and she told me that she'd also been watched by a man in a red coat near the woods. She told me that our town had an infamously haunted house, and that it bordered right on the edge of those woods. I love the idea of historical figures lingering around places. Since you've seen these figures more than once, maybe it's possible that more people have as well. Who knows, maybe someone listening right now will have had the same experiences. Woods like those are rich in history and I doubt we'll ever be able to unpack them all. But I want to hear all the stories about them as well. Our next story is from T. Miserable, who tells us of a childhood encounter that may have had lasting consequences. I've been experiencing a few things and I'm not really sure if they have to do with paranormal encounters or if it's just me going crazy. I started feeling things around me when I was around eight or nine. At the time, my family and I lived in Norfolk, Virginia. We lived next to what my brother and I always joked was the haunted house. It was abandoned and very worn down. We began to grow more curious about it as we got older, so one day we went to explore it. My brother went in first, but was bored within seconds because he didn't see or feel anything. He left, but I was frozen in place. There was a broken mirror in the middle of the kitchen of all places. There was a man standing in that mirror's reflection. I couldn't really see his face. All I really saw was darkness. I knew for certain, however, that it wasn't a person, and I ran out of there as fast as I could. Since that day, I've heard my name being called. It mostly happens in the evening and afternoon. Usually it sounds like my mom or dad. But when I go to ask them, they say they haven't said a word. Or sometimes, they're not even home. I told my family what was happening, but they think I'm having hallucinations. I don't think that's what this is. I see shadows, too. It happens almost daily now. The most recent one was earlier today. I was watching YouTube on my own when I heard what sounded like something falling over. When I looked to see, I saw a black shadow by the stair railing. It was only for a second, because when I went to grab my phone and look back, it was gone. Finally, I have a small door in my bedroom. It leads outside to the roof. It's pitch black inside, so I can't see anything. But if that little door is ever open, it feels like something else is in there in my room. I never go inside. I'm too terrified. But it always feels like something is in there now, watching me. Looking back, I should have explored more of that house from when we were children, but I was too terrified at the time to care. I never went near that house again. A few months later, they renovated it, and ever since then, I've heard things. 
seen shadows. It's happening more and more often. Sometimes I'll even hear people walking outside my room or down the stairs, but when I go to look, there's no one there. It keeps happening. I don't know how to make it stop. I'll admit, this one really gave me chills. The thought that you might have had something following you from childhood is bad enough, but the fact that it's getting worse, maybe something's trying to get your attention, and maybe it's getting impatient. Highly recommend doing some type of grounding thing for yourself that will help protect your energy. Good luck. Our next story is from Sammykins23, who brings us a story about a home they recently moved into and the unexpected roommates they may have acquired. My experiences with the paranormal started when I was eight. Ever since then, I've been fascinated with them, even gone on a few investigations. I've also lived in a handful of places that had a history of paranormal activity. I don't know if I wind up in these places by chance or if they're just attracted to me. I turned 30 at the end of July and wound up catching COVID. I stayed home for the entire week, of course, and a few days in, I woke up just after midnight to go to the restroom. Generally, it takes me a while to fall asleep. A few hours later, I was only just starting to drift off again, when I suddenly heard someone shout, Hey! I immediately jumped up thinking it was my mom and that something was wrong. No one was outside of my room. In fact, everyone in the house was asleep. Eventually, I fell back to sleep myself. When I woke up in the morning, I'd mostly forgotten about the voice I'd heard. That afternoon, still unwell, I went to lay down and hopefully get some more sleep. Just as I was drifting off, I heard a strange sound, like the tab on the top of a Coke can on my table being flicked. It was an intact can, so there was no reason for it to be making any noise. I sat up straight and stared at it, confused. In that moment, out of the corner of my eye, I saw my TV turn itself on. By now, I was freaked out. I hadn't had any experiences in this house before, so I wasn't expecting it. I texted my mom and let her know what was going on, which was when she told me about her own experiences. Apparently, she'd also woken up in the middle of the night thinking she heard me calling out to her, only to find out that I and everyone else in the house had been asleep. Now, because I've gone on some paranormal investigations before, I have some equipment. One piece is a spirit box, and I want to say up front that I've never had any issues using it before. But this time it wouldn't work. New batteries did nothing. Fussing with the buttons did nothing. Messing around with it for a good long while to try and find the problem? Nothing. I was about to give up and put it away when suddenly it started blaring. It was loud and making horrible noises that I'd never heard before. Suddenly, it stopped. A moment later, it started to function normally, as it always had. I figured it was just some sort of technical issue and carried on starting to ask it questions. No voices, just loud static. Eventually, I asked if it meant to do me any harm. Immediately, four voices came through, clear as a bell. Run. Startled, I found myself answering, No, I'm not going to run. Another deep, scraggly voice answered, Not yet. 
Unsure of what to answer, I sat there stunned. When suddenly I heard what sounded like someone in the hall across from my room. Thinking it was my mom, I went to check, and as I moved, the noises stopped. My mom was nowhere to be found. I'll admit it's been a long time since I've been spooked like that, and I'm not sure what to make of it. Okay, so spirit boxes are definitely a cool tool that I'd love to hear more stories about, especially if they have results like this one, because this is terrifying. I'm not sure I'd be able to handle it as calmly as you have. So, for instance, if a voice from a spirit box told me to run, I'd take that threat at face value, and the for sale sign, again, would be out in the front lawn within a week, if it was my house, or I'd just be like, hey, I'm gonna go hang out with a friend. (laughs) So our final story today comes from the Bay Del Rey on Instagram. They bring a chilling tale of a malevolent present in their house and the consequences of living with it for far too long. In December of 2018, my best friend and I rented a house together. It was a pretty big house, but it was also extremely old and pretty run down. When we first moved in, things seemed okay. One night during the first week or so of our stay, my best friend had to drop off another one of our friends at home, and so I stayed home alone in the house for the first time. I didn't have all of my things moved in just yet and had no bed. I was sitting in the middle of the floor on a blanket holding one of my little stuffed animals when something strange began to happen. It feels like a fever dream. Something came over me and I felt so dreadful and terrified, scared for my life and completely paralyzed. I couldn't move from the spot I was sitting in. I just kept looking around the room thinking someone else was there and praying that my friend would come home soon. I can't remember how the feeling ended or even how long it lasted. It felt like an eternity. I ended up chalking it up to an anxiety attack of being alone in a new house for the first time and I didn't tell anyone what had happened. As time went on, I started to realize that I didn't like being alone at the house at all. I'd often sit on our couch or in my room just staring and waiting for someone to come home because I was paralyzed with terror. A few weeks after living in the house, we came home to find our back door wide open. Garbage from the kitchen was thrown all over the house. Nobody could remember for certain if they locked it or not, but I was so sure that I had. We were both pretty freaked out, so we immediately locked up and went back to our friend's house where we'd just been. We brought them back with us to check the house over for safety. Our friends eventually cleared it, saying there was nothing inside. They agreed to stay with us for a little bit, agreeing that it was bizarre, and my friend and I were both clearly terrified. After that night, we'd come home several times to find the back door was unlocked and garbage strewn around the house. My boyfriend at the time told me that he didn't like the feelings he got in the house and refused to stay overnight. Eventually, we became just terrified of our own home. We were clean people, but we were suddenly infested with roaches and mice, and nothing we did to get rid of them seemed to work. Of course, the house could have just been old, but it seemed excessive, even for an aging building. One night, my friend came running into my room in a panic, claiming she'd seen the ice maker switch in the freezer move on its own from on to off. Meanwhile, my daughter, who was four at the time, was terrified of her bedroom. 
There were many occasions where she'd sob, begging me not to make her sleep in her room, talking endlessly about monsters. I thought it was her overactive imagination until one night I heard her screaming, banging on my door for me to come and get her. I leapt out of bed to get her, terrified that she was genuinely hurt. She told me she'd seen a monster in her room and the terror she clearly felt was real. Items started to disappear. Our friend once took a shower at our place and when he came out, his cell phone was missing. He tore the house apart looking for it, only to find it in the basement, a place where he'd never gone before. Eventually, my friend confessed that things were getting increasingly awful for her. She'd seen a black figure on the ceiling of her bedroom when she was trying to sleep. My daughter's father then told me that he'd seen a hand coming underneath the bathroom door while he was in there. The list of experiences goes on and on. The house made our lives terrible. We fought endlessly, even resorting to a fistfight which we'd never done before. The more we discuss it now, the more we realize that it was the house. That oppressive air turning us against each other, making us live in fear. The whole experience feels like a bad dream. The best decision we made was leaving the house. But I still can't quite wrap my brain around the things we saw and experienced there. Ooh, man, I think I'm going to have to agree with you here. One or two of these events happening would be one thing but all of them together like this, combined with all of your reactions and different people seeing these strange things happening, completely unrelated to each other, yeah, there was definitely something in that house, and it's for sure a good thing that you moved. Well, that does it for this episode. If you'd like to submit your own personal spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your stories. Or you can email us, hauntedpod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. It really does help. You can find us on Twitter at It's Haunted underscore pod, Instagram at It's Haunted What Now, or at hauntedpod.com. Production assistance provided by Olivia Holmesley and Jesse Hogg. Writing assistance by Meg Williams. The official composer for the show is Neeks at We Talk of Dreams. Check him out on Twitter at We Talk of Dreams or WeTalkOfDreams.com. Audio engineering provided by Chez at Gray Multimedia. Until next time. Did you hear that? <laughs>